Todd Bowles has a lot to answer for after the Bucks' defense implodes against the Texans. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this live Sunday post-game reaction episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com at JayYarko underscore Bucks on Twitter. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and our every livers in the chat on YouTube right now. And as always, want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On this episode, we are discussing who stood out and where on earth this team goes from here. But let's start with the loss to the Houston Texans. Now, for those every livers in the chat, you know, I always start off these post-game reaction uh, episodes with the biggest moment. We're not doing biggest moments today. Nope, not today. Today, we are going to start off with Todd Bowles. And that pathetic excuse for a defense that he had out there. Now, Bowles deserves plenty of the blame. Again, week after week, we see this soft zone coverage when your two biggest paid defensive backs are man corners. Granted, Jamel Dean left early in the game with a concussion, was replaced by Zion McCollum. But Todd Bowles has said recently that it's because they don't have the personnel to run man defense, and that's why they run so much zone. Well, who picked the personnel, Todd? Did you not have a say in which defensive backs were going to get added to the team? Was Jason Light just like, oh, hey, these are the guys that we're going to draft. These are the guys we're going to sign. You figure it out. Or did you help handpick all of these guys in the group knowing it didn't fit what has made this defense successful since 2020? To allow C.J. Stroud to set a rookie record of 470 passing yards and five touchdowns was inexcusable. But it's not all on Todd Bowles. I'm not giving him a pass, but he's also not the one that's on the field. Carlton Davis was the reincarnation of E.J. Biggers on the field Sunday against the Houston Texans. And you longtime Buccaneers fans know exactly what I'm talking about when I bring up EJ Bigger's name. Because Carlton Davis got beat like Nick Cannon's drum in the movie Drumline. The Texans receivers were performing in the air tonight all over Carlton Davis from the beginning to the end. And of course, 
it was Davis that was in coverage on the Tank Dell touchdown that won the game with six seconds left. A week ago on this show, if somebody said, hey, James, there's going to be about 10 seconds left in the in the Texans-Bucks game, and the Texans are going to have the ball at the 15-yard line, and C.J. Stroud is going to throw a pass into the end zone. Which corner do you want in coverage? I would have told you, Carlton Davis, without question. You had a video come out this week of Jamar Chase saying that Carlton Davis was the toughest corner he has faced in his career. Now, I guess give me Christian Isian because you can't rely on Carlton Davis. Jamel Dean is hurt, and he is underperformed this year. And Zion McCollum, as well as he played in stints for Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean early in the season, he did not look good on Sunday either. That was pathetic. There's no other word to use. It was pathetic. The defense as a whole seemed to forget that there were two halves to a football game. In the first half, they allowed 148 yards. One touchdown, one field goal, forced two punts, and got a takeaway. The Bucs had a lead. Coincidence? No. But in the second half, they allow 348 yards, three touchdowns, a field goal to a backup running back, and forced one punt. One punt. Dare Agumbawale had as many field goals as the Texans had punts in the second half. Where were the playmakers? Where were these big money guys that want all the attention, all the glory, all the money, all the respect? Where? Because from the looks of it, if you look at the second half of that game and you cut every defensive player that stunk in the second half, your defense would consist of Vita Vea, Kalijah Kansi, Antoine Winfield Jr., Levante David, and Shaq Barrett. That's it. That's your whole defense. I don't want to hear one word about Baker Mayfield or the offense all week long. Not a single word. They did their jobs. 37 points, a season high, 37 points. There is no excuse to not win a game when your offense puts up 37 points with no turnovers. No turnovers. Baker had two touchdowns. Rashad White had two touchdowns. Kate Otten had two touchdowns. McLaughlin was perfect on field goals. The offense did their job. As much as they struggled in the third quarter, as quiet as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were up until the fourth quarter, Chris Godwin for the whole game, the offense did their job. This time, it was the defense that didn't hold up their end of the bargain, and there needs to be answers. I can tell you this. Todd Bowles is not going to get fired before the next game or probably before the season or the end of the season. It won't happen. But this team is not going to recover from this loss. And the season is about to get a whole lot worse. There may be a full sweep, a full house cleaning of the entire staff and starting from scratch. Who knows? 
at the rate things are going, as much as I like Baker Mayfield, as well as I think Baker Mayfield has played this season, Drake may, may no longer be out of the question. I'm going to talk more about that coming up in a little bit. I do want to jump over to the uh, to the chat real quick. Um, we got Jeff the champ. This team will be lucky to finish five and twelve. Too much talent to be this bad. I I agree wholeheartedly. Got David in the chat. David or uh, Devin White got a sack. I'm going to talk more about Devin in just a few minutes. Um, that is that is coming up when I talk about more reaction to this game. Jimmy in the chat says bye bye Baker. Not his fault. Not his fault at all. He may be gone due to circumstance. Are you going to pay Baker Mayfield or are you going to draft Drake May? Because you're going to be in striking distance of Drake May if this continues. You're not going to be in striking distance of Caleb Williams. This is not going to be a team that ends up with the number one pick. But Baker Mayfield's been fine. 265 and two touchdowns, no turnovers. Baker Mayfield was fine. Clutch drive. Clutch run on fourth and two to move the chains to set up what ended up being a game-winning touchdown. Baker Mayfield was fine. He was not the problem in this game. He hasn't been the problem in pretty much every game this year. We got um, we got David in the chat again. Can we get Chase Edmonds some new cleats, please? That was brutal. He's slipping and sliding all over the place. I don't get it. Somebody get that guy some spikes. But I do have more reaction to this game and some standout performances that is coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Maybe you're looking for someone that fits the new direction that your business is going in, or you're an NFL franchise on the hunt for a new head coach. Either way, LinkedIn Jobs is exactly where you want to start. It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. So post your job opening to LinkedIn Jobs. Then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Everydayers, make sure you are coming back tomorrow. I know David will have plenty to say about this game, but football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube channel with hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle, who break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else 
Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. I do want to point out some standout players. I had um, Joshua Gardner, long, long time listener to Locked On Bucks. Special shout out to him. He reached out on Twitter and he said that he didn't want to hear one nice thing on this podcast. And I was like, look, there are some good things to say about this game. And he he limited me to three. I'm going to go a little bit beyond that. But I do want to point out some players that stood out in this game. Now, not all of the standout players are going to be for good reasons. But we are going to start off with some of the positive standouts in this game because there are some that need to be talked about. You can't ignore some of the good that was done because of Todd Bowles' inability to coach down the stretch, his defense's inability to get a stop when they needed it. So Antoine Winfield Jr., again, Hemfield, Winfield, whatever you want to call him, another solid outing, his third fumble recovery of the season. I do wonder how different this game might have ended up had Winfield been able to hold on to that interception in the first half. But... That was so early in the game, you don't really know what could have happened. Certainly didn't expect uh, the Texans to put up, what was it, 29 more points in the second half compared to what they were doing in the first half. Levante David, he had one bad missed tackle that ended up leading to a, uh, a first down by Dalton Schultz. Other than that, he was as reliable as ever. Kalijah Cansey. He looks better each and every week. Had a big sack on C.J. Stroud in this game. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying watching him. He is he was quite a good pick for the Bucks in this last draft. And as he continues to get more comfortable, as he continues to get more healthy, he is going to have a bigger and bigger impact throughout these games. Kate Otten, we're back on the Otten bandwagon, everybody. Huge day, seventy yards, two touchdowns. Uh, loved the usage of Kate Otten. He had some clutch catch and runs. Uh, obviously, the huge touchdown that should have been the game winner. Uh, great game from Otten. And Rashad White, he was David's predicted player of the game. My bold prediction was that he was, gonna, he was going to get 100 total yards and a touchdown. He ends up with even more than that. Uh, he generated most of the offense for this team. For most of the game, they kept showing the stats on the broadcast that Rashad White was basically hovering at like half of the team's total yards for quite a while. Gets into the end zone twice and the running game actually looked pretty decent when Rashad White was on the field. Keyshawn Vaughn, not a great performance by him. Chase Edmonds, get him some cleats. Rashad White really starting to find a groove here lately. And uh, finally, Baker Mayfield, 265, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Solid performance, reliable performance, and one heck of a drive at the end of the game that should have been a fourth-quarter game-winning drive for Baker Mayfield. But let's flip the script a little bit. Who was a standout performer for the wrong reasons? And I'm going to start, David, in the chat. You pointed out his sack, Devin White. It was really fun to watch the old Devin White for the first half, but then where'd he go? Where did he go? Where were the splash plays? Where were the, the big moments? Where was the, the anchor, the leader of this defense, making a play, making a stop, getting this team off the field? It wasn't there. His open market value is dropping by the week. He had 
two splash plays all game long. Two. One was a sack. Other than that, it was another disappearing act. Ryan Neal, rinse, repeat. He was the one in coverage on the 75-yard touchdown catch by Noah Brown. There was a great block. I don't remember which Buccaneer player got blocked, but there was a fantastic block to spring Noah Brown open for that huge catch and run. But Ryan Neal in coverage gives up another huge play. Get him off the field. Get What are you doing? Get him off the field. Carlton Davis, worst game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, period. Full stop. You cannot find tape on Carlton Davis that was as bad as what he showed against the Houston Texans on Sunday. You just can't. Robert Hainsey, that early snap on third down when Baker was walking up to the line trying to call things out, Hainsey snaps it. Luckily, Baker was able to catch it. He ends up throwing an incomplete pass just to get it out of his hands, but they get flagged for illegal motion because Baker was walking towards the line of scrimmage when the ball was snapped and one of the two sacks that Baker took was 100% on Robert Hainsey. It was it was a bad performance by him. Uh, and then finally, Chris Godwin. Not entirely his fault. Two catches on, on six targets, but he needed to be more involved throughout this game. You saw not only a starting corner for the Houston Texans go down with injury. But then he's replaced by MJ Stewart, who, again, a lot of you longtime Bucks fans are going to know, Stewart gets injured on the very next play. So you are going down the depth chart in the secondary, and you can't get Godwin and Evans involved until the fourth quarter. There's no excuse for it. I know Rashad White had the hot hand. I know Kate Otten was playing really well. You have to get Chris Godwin involved. He is the money down guy and he was not getting the ball at all. So again, not his fault, but this is going to be a game that uh, that Chris Godwin is going to want to forget. Oh, I guess Chris Godwin wasn't really the last one. He was the last player, but Todd Bowles. I don't care if Bruce Arians is still in the building. I don't care about Bruce and Todd's relationship. I don't care. They want to get together on a Saturday afternoon, knock back a couple of scotches, eat a charcuterie board, smoke cigars, and kick back and watch, you know, Yellowstone. Fine. Do it. Hang out. Go to dinner. Get your families together on, on Christmas Eve and exchange secret Santa gifts. I don't care. That is not a reason that Todd Bowles needs to stay employed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If he does not get this defense back on track, if he does not get these stupid penalties under control, and if he does not turn this ship around immediately, we are going right back to talking about the draft, to talking about free agency, and to talking about coaching candidates by Thanksgiving. Figure it out. Because as much as I love Bruce, as much as I loved Todd as the defensive coordinator, their their friendship has nothing to do with the success of an NFL franchise. And there are too many people who work for this team, who play for this team, who rely on this team for their livelihood to allow a friendship to get in the way of that, period. And I'm not sitting here saying that Todd Bowles 100% should be fired tonight. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the, the sand in the hourglass is about to run out. 
and Todd is the only one that can flip that thing over and start it over from the beginning. He has one week to get this team Tennessee ready. How's that for a, a throwback? Otherwise, we are going to be talking about how Todd Bowles is going to get the axe the Monday after the Super Bowl, period. Real quick, going to go ahead and jump in the chat one more time. We got Scott in there, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, numerous scrambles for yardage and sack avoidance. Let's start someone else. Fans have lost their minds. Yeah, I. the Trask fans are going to be the Trask fans. Baker has been absolutely fine all year long. I've, I've said it numerous times on this show. People that hate Baker Mayfield are not going to change their mind regardless of what he does. He literally marched them all the way down the field, used his legs to convert a fourth down when they weren't quite in field goal range, then proceeded to throw a go-ahead touchdown with under 50 seconds left in the game, and the Trask troop is still going to pound the table for Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask does not fix the secondary. Kyle Trask does not stop them from putting up 39 points. Kyle Trask does not prevent C.J. Stroud from throwing for 470 yards and five touchdowns. Baker is not the problem. The problem is the guy calling the shots and the defense that he has out on the field. Finally, where do the Buccaneers go from here? That is next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The Los Angeles Chargers are three and a half point road favorites against the New York Jets. And call me crazy, but I think I'm taking the Jets as well as the under of 39 and a half points. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I kind of wish that FanDuel would put my son's hockey team odds up on there because y'all would make a lot of money betting the over-under on my son's goals each and every week because it's been fun to watch. But you can't. So check out the NFL. Check out the NHL. You got the NBA starting up. All of it right there on FanDuel.com. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Wrapping things up here on this live post-game reaction, very frustrated edition of Locked on Bucks. And I, I asked the question at the end of the second segment, where do the Buccaneers go from here? I'm going to tell you exactly where the Buccaneers go from here. They started three and one. They went into the bye week, banged up, but in first place. Now they have lost four consecutive games and are two games behind the New Orleans Saints. Yes, the stupid New Orleans Saints and their stupid diet Tebow. They are two games behind them for first place in the NFC South. So where do they go? 
I'm going to say this. And for as frustrated as I've been on this podcast, for as, as frustrated as all of you are in the live chat, for the people that were yelling at me like I blew the game on Twitter, season isn't over. It's close. But the fat lady has only warmed up. She hasn't started singing quite yet. However, Tennessee is a must, must win. If the Buccaneers fall to three and six, pack it in. That's it. It's over. We're right back to the Lovey Smith, Greg Schiano, dirt cutter days of talking offseason before December, and there will be plenty to talk about. You'll be talking about revamping a roster. You'll be talking about trying to put yourself in a position to draft a franchise quarterback. You're going to be talking about head coaching candidates. With a head coach comes new coordinators. That means Dave Canales is a one and done, unless they were to hire a defensive-minded head coach. And then he says, you know what? Let's see what else Canales has. Let, let's keep him around. He's only been doing this a year. There were good things. Let's keep him where he is. But chances are you fire the head coach, the entire coaching staff is going to change. Canales is gone. You know, uh, uh, Skip Pete is gone. Everybody. A win against the Tennessee Titans gets you to four and five. All right? Stay with me here. Then you travel to San Francisco. That's probably a loss. All right. That's going to drop you to four and six. But then it's the Colts. It's at the Colts. Home against Carolina, at the Falcons, at the Packers, before taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars on Christmas Eve. The Bucs potentially could be seven and seven by time the game roll that Jacksonville game rolls around. That leaves them in the thick of the race with two divisional matchups to go after the Jacksonville game. There are a lot of things that need to be addressed, that need to be fixed, and there's not a lot of time to do it. But three and five is not the end of everything. The NFC South is still one of the weaker divisions in the NFL. I'm not going to say it's the weakest, but it's one of the weaker divisions. Baker Mayfield, Dave Canales, the offense showed you what they're capable of. And that was with a terrible third quarter. They are capable of hanging 37 on you. It was the defense that couldn't get a stop. So don't tell me that I'm crazy for thinking that they could beat the Titans and beat the Colts and beat the Falcons and beat the Panthers. That, that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not even like long shot realm of possibility. This is a team that has shown you that they can do it. But both sides of the football have to be on the same page. The offense has to put up points and the defense needs to get their butts off the field on third down, which they haven't been able to do since the bye week. Now, with all of that said, I have zero next to zero confidence that things are going to play out that way. I do not have any more faith in Todd Bowles as a head coach or as a leader to find a way to get that job done, to get the Bucs to that point. I don't have faith in the majority of the roster to get that done. For as much as David and I have talked about how talented this roster is and how overlooked they are because Tom Brady is gone, the stars are not shining. Baker 
Evans, Godwin, Wirfs, Winfield, Levante, Vita, they're fine. But the rest of the roster, underperformers, underachievers, fake stars. The Buccaneers are staring down the barrel of three and six after starting three and one. And if that turns out to be the case, if they lose to the Tennessee Titans, Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans, this post-bye week tailspin has become a full-blown meteor crash, and the season will effectively be over. Going to jump into the chat one more time before we get out of here. We have... Um, uh, do, do, do. Sorry, this thing just scrolled away from me. We have make it all gaming. Y'all immediately go to the QB, even though he's literally giving you top 12 in PFF with little to no run game. Again, Baker haters are going to be Baker haters. There's, there's nothing you're going to say. There's nothing that he is going to do to convince you that he is playing well. Never mind the fact that he has 12 touchdowns. To, he has a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. Three to one. If I had told you in March that halfway through the season, Baker Mayfield was going to have a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, every single one of you would have been on board. Every one of you. Doesn't matter how well he's played. Just like, you know, if I had, had told you that the Buccaneers, if David and I in our, our preview episode on Friday had said the Buccaneers are going to hang 37 on Houston, Every single person would have said, Bucks win, easy, double digits. It's not the way it went. Carlton Davis didn't show up. Half the defense only showed up in the first half. It's the way it goes. The Texans get paid too. They were out there to go win a football game. I have so much crow to eat talking all that smack about Ohio State quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud is the real deal. He's finally going to be the Ohio State quarterback that doesn't suck in the NFL. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. One last uh, jump into the chat. Destined for greatness. Glazers don't fire coaches in season, but I wish they would make an exception here. Maybe. Maybe, like I said, the season isn't completely over. I don't trust Todd Bowles to get this thing fixed, but if they beat Tennessee, they still got a shot. In the NFC South, they still have a shot if they beat the Tennessee Titans. If they don't, David and I are going to be talking head coaching candidates by Thanksgiving. With that, I am going to bid you all a fair adieu coming up tomorrow. David is going to have plenty of reaction to this game. Lots to talk about, lots to unpack. It's going to be a real interesting week here on Locked on Bucks. I want to thank all of you in the live chat. You guys have been awesome. You've been fantastic. Love jumping in there with you guys. And uh, please make sure you're checking out everything that I have going on over at BucksNation.com and follow everything on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks and at dharrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. 
want to thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.